ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right, we're talking about Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street and the last four years of our podcast on Kill by Kill. Greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Camp Crystal Lake and 1428 Elm Street. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where usually we talk about uh, horror movie characters. But um, as we approach the end of our journey with Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, we decided it was time to kind of reflect a little bit about uh, what we've learned, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we felt splash against our face from these two very visceral horror franchises. And as always, there's only one person that I trust that if it's uh, a special occasion for me, she will organize a large group of uh, young adults who don't really know one another but are sexy enough to get it on to come help celebrate so they can be knocked off one at a time. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I just, I, you know, everybody's standing around sort of sniping at each other and, and, and or, you know, making sex eyes or yeah. sniping at each other while making sex eyes. And everybody's wondering, where's Patrick? It's Patrick's oh. birthday party. Where is he? I wandered off into the woods to see that one person that I was kind of attracted to, but I can't remember the name of. And then my earring dropped in the forest and I had to look for it. And then this guy came out of nowhere. And oh my God, I'm going to die, Gina. What am I going to do next? Well, at least you had your, your sexy mall chick makeover before you, before you went. Yeah. Touch up this. (laughs) Touch up this. (laughs) Oh my God. Friday the 13th, part seven. What a motion picture. Uh, I may be the last one who's a fan of it. (laughs) Yeah, I I was talking about uh, a writing assignment uh, that both of us will be having at some point later this month. So uh, uh, folks will keep you in touch with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That um, I said, Patrick likes part seven considerably more than I do. And and (laughs) she sent me a little shocked emoji face. I'm like... (laughs) We don't agree on everything. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, probably because it's like, I don't know, seminal to the time or I just like, I just like telekinesis. I, I think it comes down to like a general love of telekinesis that elevates it for me. And I love that Jason design. That, that Jason design is fucking awesome. It's The movie is kind of a, a mishmash of... Well, I feel like that that part six has definitely since we we started on this grand experiment that mm-hmm. that part six got a lot better in my estimation yeah. than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. Part seven, I don't hate it, but yeah. it, it wasn't as good as I remembered it being. Right. And, and, yeah. and I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it. What really kind of uh, uh, got in the way of me is just you know the 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 idea of these people being forced together to to have a birthday party and the only thing is that they have in common is that they know this guy, this one guy yes they tangentially know this gentleman who never shows up to the party but at least this one goes through the you know bare minimum of giving an excuse for all of them gathering in one locale which is why they then allows them to have this more diverse group of people who 
might not know each other at all. Some people have internal drama. Some people have none. And the mix and match of that sort of works. Listen, uh, again, like top half of the franchise for me, that doesn't mean number one or two or three or four or five. It might be number six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would agree that it's definitely, if you were to say like, you know, you could watch part seven again, or you could watch, you know, eight and then Jason X. I'm like, oh, give me seven. Give me seven yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, you know, you're guaranteed more of a good time. And, and it's a lot more entertaining than, than by far than the uh, remake reboot is. Yes. Oh, no, I, I, okay. I would put them in the same stratosphere because I think there's enough of the um, milieu of the Friday the 13th franchise in that remake. And it's, it's a little bit breezier. And uh, while I'm not in love with how it accomplishes something, I I think there's a a certain joy to that weird, we're going to replicate one, two, three, and four in the same movie, especially with that weird cold open structure. It has that cold open. I still think works really well as a unit unto itself yeah and i i you know it's, it's a, the whole movie had kind of had that sort of tone i think i would have liked it a lot better yeah i i can totally see that and, and the other thing it does well that i have to give it credit for is it does provide actual characters there are performers coming into that with a point of view my character is like this my character is like that my character reacts to people in this fashion and people make choices and i would much rather have a film where people make choices than just show up with a haircut for <laughs> for the minutes required before you're hacked to pieces just gonna say just standing around waiting to die Yes, it is a, a throwback to me of the elements that I like in the movies that I like more. It's there are, there are stronger characters in six, there are stronger characters in four, there are stronger characters in two, and there are stronger characters in one. And three, uh, I will I will put it into the, it's more confusing there. I, I rewatched it a little bit during uh, a recent lockdown watch along. I think they were streaming it on uh, on shutter and so i was kind of watching along while i was doing other things and that move that movie's breezy when you just watch it go by <laughs> and i still love that third act uh it's still a hell of a third act but the characters aren't as strong i, I to me that's where three gets knocked down whereas I, I still love the third act of it all well i think also three is when they really kind of dug into the the uh archetype you know ca- characterizations of a lot of slasher movies sure you know, here we here we've got the guy who always plays jokes and then he ends up being sort of like you know the boy who cried wolf and you got the nice girl you get the kind of slutty girl and you got the good-looking guy you've got the you know, it's like they're very much fitting a certain type of role Yes. And and that was the point that that and and they backed away from this a little bit in four, but that sort of you know oh these people will watch any old garbage we put out cynicism starts to set in. Yes, and they don't There's have to a, try as much. Well, and I think some of that is the distraction of trying to make the three D of it all work. That's why it's overlit 
That's why the characters don't move very much because if you move at all, your the camera becomes unfocused. So it's it's <laughs> stagnant in that way up until the third act. And I think they poured the vast majority of their technical prowess into making that work. Uh, and it pays off for them when it comes to that section of the movie. But it also detracts from everyone else who, who as you said, falls into an archetype. I'm uh, a guy who likes to smoke pot. So, of course, I don't wear shoes. I don't wear <laughs> shoes into the fucking outhouse. I don't wear shoes in the basement that is flooded. Holy fuck. What is happening here? You wear some fucking shoes. You're out of doors, man. I'm just thinking about like just the the hand holding the joint that like comes out of the camera. It's no, just no, such a no. great shot. The I, yo-yo. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, as far as that low, you know, that era 3D films, and we have that episode, and people who might have missed it, you, you might want to go back. But it was it has a lot roughly of roughly 800 years ago. Yes, it does. It certainly feels like that in real people time. <laughs> um, it has a lot of poking at you, poking at you, poking at you. And as a result of that, sort of, we have to make the 3D of this pay off. The equation then gets lessened for the other components, like characters, like plot, like story. <laughs> Those don't work out quite as well. That's not to say that it can't be more than the sum of its parts. For but that was people. also a problem with 3D movies, uh, sure. both both of the 50s and then the the. the thankfully brief revival of the 80s <laughs> are, you know if you are you know if you're largely familiar with 3d you know modern 3d and even that's kind of you know on its way out it's mostly used to kind of flesh out backgrounds it's and, and you know make them seem more well dimensional as as mm-hmm. the word means uh you very rarely you know, and that's why most of them are in cartoons uh superhero movies you don't have like someone you know just thrusting something towards the camera yeah um but in the when it was a trend in the 50s and the 80s that was the primary thing it's like look look how amazing this is we're sticking a pitchfork at you look that's horrifying (laughs) and then it's like well we don't really need to we just need to you know create an hour and a half of movie to kind of pull all these scenes of you know monster hands and and you know floating severed arms and and just stuff like that you know that's all we need to do it's like a almost like a broadway musical you know this plot is just holding the songs together the part the you that's second to what the people came to see yeah it's the basket for the fruit like the fruit's the show but these these other things that would normally be in the basket now become the basket um, yeah, it's weird. So here's a question for you that would now let's bring uh, a nightmare on Elm Street into this. Which is the more successful use of 3D in your mind? Friday the 13th 3D or the 3D sequence that's in Freddy's Dead where she puts on the glasses? To oh, Freddy? good Lord. Friday the 13th. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I when I rewatched it uh, when we when we did Freddy's Dead, I was mm-hmm. like, is this the part that they did? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember seeing it in the theater. And so clearly I must have seen it, the, the 3D sequence. And I was like, oh, right. This is the part they did in 3D for mm-hmm. some reason. <laughs> and it's just like, it was nothing. It was absolutely useless. It probably, yeah. and it probably added like an extra million dollars to their budget. Yeah, I suppose it's that thing where you want to goose up a, a, a 
a struggling franchise and you figure the best way to do that isn't to make it better necessarily, but to give it something that the other girls don't have. And 3D is, I, I think, a common uh, gimmick to reach out for. I mean, um, per, per, perhaps if the entire movie had been 3D, then maybe it would have been a little better. But overall, yeah, no, I mean, at least at least, you know, Friday 13th Part 3 was committed to the bit. <laughs> I think that it actually would have benefited from that because there's a lot of of the, the cartoony Looney Tunes thing that we right. sort of like derided. the scene where he, the guy falls out of the plane. That would have been yeah. great if they had done that in 3D. Absolutely. I, I think that would have really helped elevate it and uh, i hopefully they would have been able to have more camera movement i mean the technology had obviously advanced in the decade between the the two filming uh times so one would think that it would sort of make it pop a little bit more and then you wouldn't have to have the very contrived now hold on to these 3d glasses this is how you enter the dream world as opposed to like fucking falling asleep and dreaming like We've always done. Okay, sure. Why, why? Yeah, and again, it, it's something. Well, this is never. This was never a thing before. We we we've seen several characters, you know, who enter the dream world, and they never had to put on special glasses. I think that's one of the things that I was a bigger revelation to me this time than the previous time that I had watched the franchise is that we often think of Freddy as having hard and fast rules, when in point of fact. No one knows how Freddy works and no one ever decided to really commit it to a bit. They just, Freddy works however you need it to work in the moment. And that includes the Wes Craven original. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, because that end sequence where where Freddy, where she pulls Freddy out, and that that part is great, where he's getting sledgehammered and there's all these improvised little things that are are, are kicking his ass that part really, really works because, okay, you were, you could avoid this in the dream realm, but now it, we're playing by reality rules up until the point he gets lit on fire and starts walking around the house and saunters upstairs <laughs> and begins choking out Nancy's mom in bed, just nonplussed by the whole being on fire bit. And you're kind of like, well, if being on fire didn't bother, doesn't bother him now, why did it bother him before? Why would the sledgehammer thing work? How does she get lowered into a fantasy a bit? So, I mean, ultimately, it only works if you have Wes Craven behind the camera to, to stop you thinking about how kind of dumb this might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, that's the problem. When you... When you think about any of these movies for too long, it occurs to you, but it's just really dumb. <laughs> True. But I also feel like for a lot of things that, and we now live in this, uh, a lot of the ways in which one can die or what leads to your death is inherently fucking stupid. Well, and that true. is life's great joke. <laughs> <laughs> and for, and we wouldn't be the first to say that this is the reason why, uh, you know, people seek out horror films to begin with. But uh, it certainly underlines the point. But the sort of rejoinder that you often hear from various uh, media critics and so forth over the years is that a horror movie only works if it's got rules. And for a lot of the 
a lot of times I would wholeheartedly agree with you if only there was ever a film that actually stuck to those rules. And I don't think there's a single one that does. So is it a rule? I mean, is that something that really leads to a horror film success? I I kind of shrug emoji at the entire concept. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the vast majority of horror movies, even the truly great ones, you you think to your if you think too long, you know the words. Hey, wait a minute! Will definitely <laughs> pop into your mind. Sure. Like like one thing that's always bothered me as much as I love American Wolf in London. It's pro. It's almost certainly my favorite horror movie. I love it mm-hmm. so much. It's probably the first horror movie I watched as a kid, where I was like, well, you know. Uh, this is it for me. I I am I'm sold for life. I am a horror fan, mm-hmm. but I never really understood why they 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 did away with the whole aspect of you know it's a full moon that yeah. requires a where the person to turn into a werewolf. And it's just oh well, if anytime it's the, anytime it's the moon's out, you're going to turn into a werewolf. <laughs> and and because I remember watching it a few times and thinking, okay, he turned to werewolf that evening, and then the next evening. And then the next evening after that, and then I watched it later. I'm like, oh, they never actually said beware the full moon. They yeah. just said beware, beware the, moon. the moon. And, you know, that's kind of messing with, you know, the traditional werewolf folklore because John Landis wanted to, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's and, you know, does it fly in the face of what we know about werewolf lore? Well, yeah, but also, you know, Hollywood has yet to decide if vampires can have sex or not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i yeah i suppose that is very very true i i always assumed it was sort of like a a phase of the full moon because otherwise like how would you how would a how would a werewolf ever really be able to survive you would just be a transient you wouldn't be able to have any kind of normal life to keep you safe during the day you would just be this feral beast out in the woods waiting for night to come because there's no way you could live a real life where you're like, oh, I can't do anything tonight. You can't ever think, do any, anything ever at night. I know. <laughs> it's like, like how, to were, how to werewolf manage in like quarantine? Oh, boy. That is, that, that's one of those things. You got to have a basement with some chains, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even the best horror movies, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, just just go with me on this. It may not make a little sense. May not it may not make a lot of sense to you if you think too much about it. But just just you know, relax. Just just go with it. Go with oh, it. Oh, Gina, Gina, we just we just made a movie. What is a werewolf gonna do during quarantine? Oh shit! <laughs> Holy fuck, Gina! A quick. This this podcast is copywritten. I'm mailing it to Congress or the Writers Guild or something. I don't know. You're gonna, we're going to print this. We're going to print this episode out and mail it to ourselves. That's right. We're putting it in the Library of Congress, <laughs> where all our episodes end up. I, I'm pretty sure. American um, treasures all. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. So all right. So back on to a nightmare on Elm Street. So we've kind of established that we are we tend towards the early ones with a splash of later yeah 
when it, but isn't this the way of franchises with the exception of Mission Impossible, where <laughs> Mission Impossible only seems to be getting better as it goes? <laughs> like they've discovered what a Mission Impossible movie is three to four movies deep, whereas Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street, they have that core idea that's so good. And then upon repeat, you begin messing with it too much to make it somewhat different and end up fucking it up. Right. I, I think of it as particularly with a nightmare on Elm street, because you know, we, we talked about this off recording um, <laughs> where your, your, your tend to, your heart tends to lie more with Friday the 13th and mine yes. tends to lie more with nightmare on Elm street. Mm-hmm. And because with me or the nightmare on Elm street, the first one certainly was the first in the slasher genre. Well, I was in the original Halloween to, to really scare me. And I think it was because at the time that I still do, I struggled a lot with, with insomnia and having a lot of bad dreams. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I was ripe for a, a, a dream demon to come and, you know, and, and <laughs> harass me. So, as, but, as but, it happens, yeah. but, but um, like the Friday 13th movies, they're, they're, gory they're entertaining i never found them scary like not even when i was a kid watching friday 13th i found them effective but i was never i never really was scared that like jason Voorhees was waiting outside my bedroom window it never really got to me in the way it was supposed to be i thought that they were fun but you know certainly with the first nightmare on street i watched the the i watched it late at night i was maybe 16 i'm like well this is a mistake (laughs) i should not have done this yeah but but you were saying about how they start out good and then i think of it like when someone gets a uh a a a classic car Mm -hmm. and it you know it's fine the way it is it's a beautiful car has a one has you know has a uh what i don't know cars whatever horsepower <laughs> it's got a nice shiny red paint job it's, it's you, you you put guzzling in it and then in the the elves in the engine hum it's got little then, it's literally got, i've seen looney tunes it's got literal horses going inside they the engine have sex and then that propels the car forward <laughs> no 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 no. i get how it works i've seen the exactly but you just keep tinkering with it and tinkering with it and then eventually you've got a car that looks like pb herman's bicycle <laughs> and, and it's just like okay now you've done too much and, and i can't see the the i can't see the original underneath it and, yeah. and i feel certainly by by uh 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 God, Jesus, I, my brain is melting here. Um, the one with the uh, the, the baby. Um, dream child. Dream child, yes. Um, it, it just seems so far removed from the original Nightmare on Elm Street that, you know, all they could have done was change his makeup and it could have been an entirely different concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those things where I think they twist it the right directions with two and three for me. I know some people still have a, a weird, uh, I oh, no, my revisiting, revisiting second, revisiting the second one for me was a revelation. It is a yeah. genuinely good movie. It is. I, I really like it. And that, and I will grant you, as I said at the time, part of it is having been the first nightmare that I saw. So there's always going to be that affinity for the first thing that you attached yourself to. 
But I think there, I think it, there's genuine thrill and there's a scary element to it. And it's just got an idea that may not be as potent as Craven's original, but that fear of sexuality or the fear of being intimate with anyone um, and that unknown component and uh, hormones taking over your body. There is something to that 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 makes it vital, that makes it pop off the page. Conversely, there's something to the third one of taking the idea of parents just don't understand to the nth degree of the parents don't care that you live or die because they figure you'll live. They did. And taking that to an nth degree is as visceral. Again, not for me as visceral as the first one. Um, it's certainly more popcorn, and I, I think that's perfectly okay. There's a lot to love in that movie, Craig Wasson notwithstanding. And so that works. And then everything else, then they don't ever find the idea that turns the corner to the same degree as one or two or three. Right. Cause they're too busy because I, and I think a lot of this had to do with, and we've, this is, you know, we've trod upon this ground many times already is that Freddy Krueger became a pop culture icon. Yeah. So in a way that Jason never did because Jason didn't talk. So he, he, he couldn't, you know, he didn't really have a face. I mean, occasionally he did, but it always looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, he was clearly a monster. But I think that they, you know, how how do we keep, you know, the audience both kind of on Freddie's side and also on this on the hero side, which is a, you know, a, a very complicated line to 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 balance on. I think a recent example for me would be for a show that does that well would be Hannibal, mm-hmm. in which you you know you were clearly very vested in Hannibal Lecter as a character, yes. you know, yeah. in a way that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be, but it is a, it's a credit to, and I think that's been true for that character for a long time. It's yeah. just, it's a very well-written, you know, well-played, you know, you know, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins and red dragon aside, because boy, he was stinkeroo in that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He was, you want to talk phoning it in and, in, in a, a performance, but, um, but you know, and then you uh you're also invested in Will Graham and yeah. you know their their adversaries who maybe want to fuck each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that's that's a fascinating element. And and it's an element that unfortunately a lot of TV shows and movies don't do very well. I think another I, example would be uh Killing Eve, where yeah, yeah. you know, both you know, hero and villain are equally fascinating and worthy of the audience's interest and attention. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think this is where Jason either benefits from or suffers from. Uh, He is someone you can put any idea or thought into because he does not speak. He does not communicate. Uh, But he's still more expressive than a Michael Myers, let's say. Right. Uh, But but the but the issue with that is. Because again, with you know, who was the audience supposed to be rooting for here really is a serious problem in Freddy versus Jason. Yes. Where now they're making Jason kind of weirdly sympathetic. And 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 like, oh, you know, this poor disabled child is being is being tormented <laughs> by this dream demon. And it's like <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he's Jason is still definitely killing people. 
Yeah. He's so not I, I don't I person. don't know why you're trying to make it seem like, yeah, but Freddy's even worse. They're, they're both pretty bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I it's like, is the, audience supposed, is the audience supposed to be happy that spoiler Jason wins in the end? Like, like, what are you, what is your takeaway? I mean, at least with like, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla, which obviously this was supposed to be a, a, a evocative of, uh-huh. you know, they have been, they've been portrayed as both villain and hero in various movies. So yes. you, you could choose a side and not be wrong. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Where, yeah, whereas yeah. in, in Freddy versus Jason, it's like, okay, do I, do I, do I root for the child killer? <laughs> or or do I root for well okay technically speaking Jason did not kill any children yeah, <laughs> yeah young, can, young we, adult killer you score one point for Jason over Freddy Krueger he <laughs> never killed any children yeah I I suppose at least Jason Manhattan notwithstanding is or anything anything past eight he was a localized threat right right because the death curse is very Crystal Lake based. So so long as you're not there, it's a it's a YP, not an MP. Um, and but after that, that that sort of gets skirted off to the side. We don't ever need to worry about that again because the script requires that uh, Jason be more mobile, and so he can just fucking go anywhere he damn well pleases. So long as someone whispers in his ear, "You need to get out of Ohio," or "You need to come to Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> there's just a sort of uh, a railway train that just goes from northern new jersey to ohio and he like a hobo bindle in 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 tow uh, gets on that train whenever he needs um so oh, what was that what the fuck are we talking about i don't even remember but we were talking about which one we root for um so i think freddie becomes more and more overexposed because he, unlike Jason, can speak for himself. And as a result, what he says has bigger impact, and then you're constantly feeding things into his mouth. Now, not only is he the the main character of a horror movie, he hosts a horror anthology, and he's a toy, and he has a... Uh, 800 number that you could call or an 866 number or whatever the fuck that was um, and a 900 number uh, so he's talking way too fucking much and that ultimately I think is if you have to focus all your energy on making sure that Freddy comes off at the maximum Freddy everything else is going to get you know on, it's, it's going to roll underneath the bus yeah, I think certainly after part three, um, it really kind of starts to 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 deflate. That's much deflate. Just it, it changes course, yeah. and, and not in a good way. I don't think. Yeah. Um. So I I think th- this brings us down to the, the point which I, we spoke a bit uh, uh you know off pods, but we might as well end here. And that is, I tend to go Friday the thirteenth. You tend to go a nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. How do we decide between these two? Because there only one can live, right? We have to take 
all the copies of A Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth and burn them in a pyre in the town square. That was the deal we, we made. We had to we had to send uh, viruses to every streaming service that that, that yes. carries them currently, and and yeah. make sure to delete all of them. We should be the ultimate arbiters of the decision between these two things because it's the only thing we're qualified for after the last four years exactly. of watching all these movies in slow motion and taking notes. Our, our opinion you know, is the only opinions that matter here. And I will say that my best gauge for which one is actually better is we recorded the last episode of uh, Freddy vs. Jason, thus concluding the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And we did not sound nearly as exhausted <laughs> as we did at the end of of Jason X. Now, I, I didn't love Freddy vs. Jason. I thought yeah. it was okay. Uh-huh. I, I it had some good like I I really liked the 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 scene with the brother in the bathtub full of blood. Oh yeah, that, that's great. I think I think it, the, the whole movie had maintained that that sense of just you know just overall creepiness and malevolence i would have liked it a lot better but again like a lot of the the later movies in the in the nightmare series they really had a problem with tone yeah um but i wasn't like oh thank god we're done talking about these fucking (laughs) movies i mean okay and, and i didn't i didn't like you know, as as is well known, if you listen to it already, none of us liked the Nightmare remake. No, but I don't consider that a part of the overall the overall franchise. That's mm-hmm. an outlier. It's terrible. Nobody should watch it. Um, but yeah, I I I have since rewatched one Friday the Thirteenth movie. We did a we we participated in a commentary track on Part Seven. That is mm-hmm. the only one that I have revisited since we concluded friday the 13th and i will likely watch part three again because i'm going to be writing about it mm-hmm. but i if you were to tell me you can never watch these movies again i'd be like eh, you know what I, i'd probably be all right with that. <laughs> but i think i would like the, i would you know, i would continue to appreciate certainly the first three nightmare on elm street movies you know i can see myself watching those again and i can see myself pointing to them as you know, this is seminal horror here that you should be watching. Yeah. You know, Friday the 13th is like, you know, the first one, okay. Fourth one, definitely. Everybody should watch. Yeah. If you had to pick, if you haven't seen any of them, watch the fourth one. You you, you yeah. don't need any backstory. There's nothing. It's, it's you go in a clean slate. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a genuinely well-made, entertaining movie. Again, I don't think it's scary. Your mileage may vary, but it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. But after that point, part six aside, which kind of, you know, got a little, you know, jolt of juice in it and was, it was fun. Everyone, it was, it was, you know, diminishing returns as we, as we, as we kept going. (laughs) I will. Okay. I I think some of it is, is the content and you have an obvious preference and that's the, you know, I can't tell you what to to like or love or what to hate. That that would be crazy. It'd be like telling you you're not in love with your significant other by based on my outside observations. But I will say part of the thing about Friday the Thirteenth being more uh, drudgery it had to do with the process of how we do the show, because fewer people die in Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and therefore they require fewer episodes. Whereas in Friday the Thirteenth. It is a volume business. And so just getting through three required, I believe, five episodes. And from that moment on, we, we averaged between five or six episodes 
on all of these movies just simply because there were so many people and weirdness, I might add, to talk about. And A Nightmare on Elm Street certainly has plenty of weirdness, but uh, it just doesn't have the volume of characters that pass away in glorious ways. So that has some of the thing to it, right? And we learned how to take breaks. We we trudged through a lot of Friday the 13th unabated with nothing in between, just back to back to back to back to back to back. And that must yeah, have that's led a, to that's a good, some yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, it was just sheer exhaustion, I think, made it made it a, a harder task than, than it probably actually was. Yes, because once again, we designed this podcast to torture each other and <laughs> have agreed to do it continually now for nearly four years. I, as of this recording, I think we've we have recorded for four years. We just didn't release a first episode. And, and we've got at least June. another year's worth of episodes planned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, uh, we, we've discussed this back and forth, but I think from now on, we're going to free ourselves from the yoke of a specific franchise to do every entry of that franchise. Yeah, I just, I, we get asked a lot if we're going to do Halloween, and, and I may have mentioned this before, but... Yes and no. Yeah. Um, like I think you know, everything that could possibly be said about how the first Halloween has been said. I even Agreed. think everything that could possibly be said about season of the witch could be said. Agreed. Uh, I, I think the two could be talked about. Um, I, I would, I can talk for hours about the Paul woman, Paul Rudd and not because Paul Rudd is in it because he is terrible. And I love Paul Rudd, but he is terrible and, and, yeah. and that curse of Michael Myers. It, it definitely, I mean, I, I don't have any interest in talking about the ones where Jamie Lee Curtis comes back because okay. th- they're dumb and they're boring, but definitely that run of, uh, four, five, six. I'm down with that. It's more yeah. a, a, you know, what could we have, you know, fresh and inter- what fresh and interesting takes could we bring to it? You know, two, I think gets ignored a lot. I, I don't mean to say it's a, it's a, you know, an underappreciated gem. I think it's appreciated exactly as much as it needs to be. <laughs> I just think that it's kind of left out of the conversation and there's some interesting aspects about it, you know, yeah. like the really stupid twist that, their brother and sister, which yeah. uh, thank God, in in you know they dropped that for the reboot. As much as I you know, in retrospect, thought the reboot was okay, you know, not great, okay, but you know, but we're we're not likely to do all the way from one to however many there were, like nine, yeah, because no, no. they, they've been you know a lot of them have been run over, and then there's some interesting outliers, like again, Curse of Michael Myers, because what the fuck. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to dedicate ourselves to at least doing four, five, and and six, because I would like to see what that run was before it sort of rebooted itself into something else. I wouldn't mind taking a revisit into not the not H two O because I, I think that's that's professionally made, but I that next one where 
there's a kung fu fight in the middle of it and oh and yes Starbuck okay yeah is that it. one is that the one with the uh that's supposed to be like their own like fear factor or something like that yes they're an, okay. an internet yeah, that would, show and again that's a very uh uh late 90s early 2000s movie as was yes. uh um freddy versus jason and the yeah. nightmare on uh, the friday 13th reboot it, yeah, it, it I, feels I, very much of its time I think that is worthy of our kind of examination. Yeah, all right, <laughs> all right I'll agree with there that. There is I'll some serious weirdness there that can be unpacked. And then I think we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have seen the first Rob Zombie Halloween, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I got yeah. it. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and, you know, I there are people who dig on zombie I like his other, some of his other films. I like House of 1000 Corpses. And, and then I watched uh, um, the next one and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I, I, I got the idea. <laughs> and the thing is like, he's not making movies for everybody. And I think that's the lane that he does the best in. The yeah. movie that's not for everyone. And to be honest with you, that's where he should be. Because if he makes one that's just an out and out across the board crowd pleaser and even... The, the films that like Devil's Rejects that really cross over are still not for everyone. And that's good. Believe me, there's too much for everyone in this world. Um, so that just about does it for Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street with the exception of our concluding episode, which will drop next Friday. Uh, we have a wonderful guest, Jordan Cruciola, uh, and uh, we get into the meat of that of that ending, um, there's a lot to discuss. Uh, and then after that, we've got a lot of fun stuff that's already in the can that's going to come your way. Great guests, fun movies, slightly different. You know, you know, we're, we're mixing it up where we're grabbing movies from. I didn't expect, uh, you know, Dr. Giggles to be as good as it was. That was an absolute shock to me. That's a, that was a, a surprise delight in a dark time. <laughs> it truly was uh go out and watch dr giggles everybody um and the 10 to midnight will we'll come up after with eric siska and uh then after that i think we're going to have our the we did a fundraiser uh in honor of women in horror month it was an official fundraiser it was in in celebration of that time uh for planned parenthood and uh we had a, a winner she was our only uh entrance uh person from facebook and but her name came out of the hat and she asked us to talk about bride of chucky and i could not have said yes faster enough oh yeah you um you said oh she's suggesting bride of chucky and then like another movie and my excitement in talking about bride of chucky was so intense i do not i don't actually remember the other movie she came with such a selection. it doesn't matter i was doesn't like matter. i was like oh clearly it's gotta be bride of chucky and you were yeah, like no, you, were, no. you, were, you were you were like i agree in all caps <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm really looking forward to to giving that the kill by kill treatment um of course before we go we should thank the people that are supporting us on patreon in, in these troubled times it's uh very helpful to keep this show absolutely free to you um and so gina uh who are who are the people who have joined the flock on patreon well, actually, the, the remarkable thing is uh, we actually have uh, two kinds of patrons. We have the new patrons, which are Brandon uh, Brandon Allen, Jason Evans, uh, Zach Richer. And then we have the folks who actually have increased 
their their uh their patronage which uh considering current circumstances i i am humbled and surprised and deeply deeply grateful i mean i should clarify we're fine <laughs> we're both yeah. patrick patrick and i are, really both, are you know still blessed to be able to hold on to our jobs uh but yeah, we are you know these these do keep the old podcast lights on. Um, so any increase is always welcome. But right now is particularly you know a, a, a remarkable thing. And so I want to especially thank Yuha and uh, Karen Corday, both of the both of whom um, increased their uh, their patron donations. So thank you, Aww, thanks, thank you, you so much. There's yeah, not there's very, not a lot to be happy about right now, but every time I get that little that little uh, email from Patreon, it says you have a new patron, and I was oh, like, yay! And yay. then I see, and then I and then I see name changed or donation. I'm like, oh! But I open it up, it's like, oh, they increased it, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we thank you a lot because that also means that that I, I can do a bunch of research, so I don't. Uh, point it all on Gina about like finding movies that are, are, are going to be in the bullpen. Uh, we're able to sort of put our tentacles out and see what we want to drag down into our inky depths. Uh, and, and, if, and, and if you're patron and, and uh, you know, honestly, our patrons, if you, you know, if you have a suggestion for a movie, feel free. I mean, yeah. we do have on the $10 level an opportunity to choose a movie for us, but if you want to just, cast out your net and say hey kill by kill or porcelain 72 on twitter have you considered this movie we will at least consider it <laughs> there, there we, we do have a, a guideline of when we send out our email to to the folks that win our bi-monthly drawing where you know try not to you know give us something that is notoriously bad or or quote-unquote controversial because it's it's fun to hear us be put through the ringer but we don't always enjoy it um but yeah if you hear about a movie you think we'd be into uh like patrick you you've been talking about that australian movie uh which i had not heard of i would just say if i wish i could remember what it's called next of kin next of kin Mm -hmm. for some reason i was thinking new kid in town i was like no that's not what it's called (laughs) (laughs) although i have watched new kids uh, i have seen new kids and james spader and his white blonde hair oh my god (laughs) that is that is a movie with a not capital m it's just movie. <laughs> that is a motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was certainly released in the theaters, and, and, and that it was projected the onto film. the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, I, we we have access to Shutter, we have access to Amazon, various HBOs, goes, and all. So we're 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 down with suggestions. We are we, yeah. we're, and if we've seen it or are not a fan, we'll we'll be polite about it. Absolutely, uh, and we will certainly go. Oh, this may be the reason why we might not. We'll, we'll try to explain why it might not fit the criteria. But uh, until uh, next week, uh, f- uh, thank you everyone for uh, supporting us. Uh, uh, until next time, when the body count finally comes to an end before, it, like the Phoenix, it is born again uh, for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.